Hey there, Black Mom Diaries. One of my biggest challenges as a parent was deciding to raise my children differently from how I was raised. It really does take a village to raise children. But what happens when you decide to go in a different direction from what the village agrees with? On today's episode of the Black Mom Diaries, we have special guest Yvette Davis here to share her parenting experiences and how it was different from the way she was raised. And trust me, you are not going to want to miss this episode. It's got a lot of good gems in it. Up next on the Black Mom Diaries. Hey, everybody. This is Patricia. And I am LaTanya. Welcome to the Black Mom Diaries. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. I just got a smile on my face when I heard your voice. <laughs> yeah. Like, hello, everybody. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I gotta tell you guys, Latanya is wearing the cutest glasses. I I'm wearing my glasses too. I usually wear uh, contacts, but I got some eye things going on, and my glasses are not nearly as cute as Latanya's. But whatever, <laughs> she's just cute. She's just cute all over the place. So just anyway, just, I I got them. To, I had to. Uh, I can't see far. What is that? Nearsighted. I think that's what it is. Far is it? Look, you know, it's always the opposite. Why do Americans have to? Okay, anyway. So (laughs) I can't, it was hard for me to see like the signs on any white background. It was like blurred together. So I was like, I don't have to wear them all the time. So why can't they just be fun? Why can't they just be fun glasses? You know, and the people at the eye place was like, I wish. Mm. that we were this bold I was like girl I don't wear these nowhere but in the car and to look at the tv that's I totally think you should wear them out in public they're so cute they're so cute I appreciate that that. how's the family how's it going this this everybody's good everybody's good you know we just got off vacation so I am now I was super tired after getting home but now surprisingly I feel rested so I'm in a good place today so is it true like you just you like to go on vacation but you love to be home is it true I love I love going on vacation and <laughs> so do my kids like they love the hotel stuff mine too and I you know me I don't know I I'm like it's like a, a public space that you rent so I've always had issues with hotels even the really luxurious ones but it's there's no place like home I, I agree and my kids do too they they they've become hotel snobs you know mm-hmm. because we've gone many places so they mm-hmm. like the one bedroom suites if we're in a room and there's two beds they're like oh this hotel nah. and I'm like when I was growing up I only saw a hotel room like three times in my whole life you guys right what is your little you know so um, we stayed with our family mostly yeah we stayed with our like- family that was like a bonus or the I don't cherry. Think, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I call them hotel snobs, but <laughs> I like to show them good things. You they know. know what they want. Yeah. Well, they ain't scared yeah. to tell you. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? I love that. And anytime my kids say anything or I'm kind of like, Ugh, uh-huh. I just spin it nicely. And I'm like, you know, I appreciate you using your, my, your words and I appreciate you telling me your opinion. Okay, because my mom doesn't understand why, um, you know, we stay in hotels when we, I was like, because we don't know anybody. And she's like, well, go somewhere where you know somebody. And I was like, but I want to show my kids that they can go places. Yeah. You know, so she's always 
kind of on me about but what's going on with them so, you, know. <laughs> you know what that's so interesting that you say that because it kind of sort of is on topic with what we're talking about today and you know I just want to say that um one of the reasons that I wanted to start the Black Mom Diaries and you and I have talked about this so many times is because I was really conflicted by how the folks raised me you know, like their parenting styles. And I always say, you know, they did their best. And I totally have mad respect for my great aunt because she was the main one on my dad's mm-hmm. side. And then of course, my other great aunts, I have so many aunts, but you know, her sisters and my grandma was in a little bit, you know, my parents were in the mix too, but my aunt was like the matriarch of the family. And she really was the main one that, that, took care of us and raised us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think that it's not uncommon to want to raise our kids differently from how we were raised. And um, Mm -hmm. I will say for myself, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I say for myself that it was super, super challenging. That is one of my biggest challenges as a parent, um, because I have to flip the switch from what I was raised, you know, what I was raised with to how I want to raise my kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I just knew how I was raised. So anyway, yeah. but yeah. So, and we, we have a special guest that's going to be talking we to us about that. Yes. Yeah. More goodness let, in this super fun. Let's go. Yeah. So uh, let the intro begin. Today, we are going to be chatting with Yvette Davis. She is a single mom of three and a native of Washington, D.C. Hey, hey, Chocolate Mm -hmm. City. I don't know if they call it that anywhere. She can tell us, but (laughs) (laughs) she's a native of Washington, D.C., where she raised her kids and led them from K-12 public schools to our nation's top universities. In 2019, after a long corporate career, uh, she was laid off and was repeatedly turned down by the job market. And, you know, I think a lot of us know how that is. Um, So turning her lemons into lemonade, she fulfilled the dream of becoming an author. She has authored the Adventures of Sunny book series and has also written and published multiple other children's books. She is a parenting expert and is a huge advocate of early learning and childhood education. Today, she is going to be sharing about her parenting choices and also some of her expert parenting tips. So welcome, 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 Miss Yvette Davis to the Black Mom Diaries. Come on Ooh. in, come on in. <laughs> yeah, come on in, come on in. Good, I'm how are awesome. you doing? I'm awesome, I'm so happy to be here in your company. Thank you so much for having me on your show. We're, le- we're welcome to have you. Thank yeah, you for uh, taking us up on the offer to come on. Absolutely. And I will start off by letting you know that it is no longer Chocolate City. We've got a lot of vanilla here now, ladies. Okay. <laughs> so due to our gentrification, the city has changed quite a bit. So it is really something watching it evolve. And trust me, that is a whole other topic. So, but just yeah. to answer your intro, <laughs> no, no longer Chocolate City, I don't think. Well, all the same, DC is such a beautiful place. I've been there a few times and I really want to take my kids back. There's so much history there and, you know, unspoken history. And I would love to share the 
textbook history and the history that's not in the textbook with my children. So very soon, the goal is to go this year and next year. So anyway. You should, you know, we just got our own museum, the, um, the uh, Museum of African-American History and Culture. It is so phenomenal. Uh, anybody mm -hmm. who has been, has raved about it and it is worth every iota in that and more. They really did a, the Smithsonian did a painstaking job to make sure our history was told in such a, I think they really did a good job to keep it neutral without the slant. So they talk about the middle passages, they talk about uh, slavery, they talk about um, our influence and so, in all of American history, and it is an excellent, excellent museum. So definitely, you'll have to come down. You have a place to stay. Let me know. Uh, Latanya, you were talking about <laughs> hotels. Hey, I've got a guest room. So definitely, you have to make that trip with your kids. All right, now I'll take you up on that. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I've, I've only heard positive things about, about the African American History Museum there. So yeah, that's definitely on the list when we go for sure. So okay. well, we have a lot to cover. So mm -hmm. let's dive right in. Um, shall we? Okay, so my first question to you is, um, you know, you were raised by your parents. This is a Black Mom Diaries. So tell us about your relationship with your mom and your, your parents, but mainly your mom. And also tell us about the, the parenting style that your parents had when they were raising you. Okay, certainly. So born and raised in Washington, D.C., which was a more not progressive in the larger sense, but more progressive, say, than perhaps other cities in the South. So my mother was born in Washington, D.C. She went to Howard University. She graduated from there. She ended up being her master. So I would say she was on the more progressive side for African-American women at the time. Her mother was an entrepreneur who came up from the South, and she opened her own beauty salon. She used to do hair in her the basement of her own home. And then she opened up a salon on Florida Avenue, not far from Howard University. So this is back in the 30s and 40s. My grandma was actually a female woman, African-American entrepreneur. My mother was an educator. She was a school teacher. Um, like I said, uh, she ended up getting her master's degree from Howard University. And she loved teaching. She loved education. And she really instilled that in me as her daughter. Now, when it comes to how I was raised, I was still raised with some of those very traditional values that probably she was raised with. And her biggest thing was security. That's what I remember growing up. Make sure you always tuck some money away for a rainy day. Make sure you always get something put aside for yourself. Get that good government job and get a job there and you know you're guaranteed to have a job for life. So her concerns were understandable. They came from... Um, a place of security, make sure you have security, make sure you're never gonna be out on the street by yourself. So put some money away, tuck something away, keep something under the mattress for a rainy day. Make sure you don't put all your eggs in one basket, get that good government job, very safe, very secure, um, definitely not risk takers, 
but um, making sure you have the education and you have some money and you have some good skills. She would say, make sure you have a good job and make sure you have a trade so that if anything happens to the job, you have a trade, something you could do with your hands, sewing, something along those lines to make sure you have that security. So uh, in addition to that, I would just add Christian upbringing. Church was very much a part of our upbringing every single Sunday, pretty much, unless you were sick or worn out or something like that. It was church on Sunday and oftentimes Bible study during the week. So those traditional African-American values that I'm sure most of us can relate to. Yeah, we that still definitely went to church sounds... when we were sick. They oh. had some people in the back <laughs> that gave you, you know, back then a peppermint ball healed everything. You know, so, so you didn't even get a I'm telling pass. you, girl, I'll give you nothing. Give you a piece of peppermint and say, shut up and sit down and listen right. to the Lord. I'm just saying, all right. No, that's, if you're sick, you need to go to the house of the Lord to get better, right? Right. Yeah. That's the place where you need to be. Yeah. I feel like that is very similar to my upbringing. Um, very traditional, very much, um, you know, do this, 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 and this, play it safe kind of thing. And, and yeah, the church thing, except, you know, my great aunt, she cussed like a sailor, which is so funny. She had like this humongous Bible and we went to church all the time, but she cussed mm -hmm. like a sailor. So anyway, that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you made the decision when you became a mom or maybe before, um, to raise your children differently, differently. I so did. Tell us about that. You know, how was your parenting philosophy different uh, in raising your children from your, your parents, how they raised you? I can tell you the reason that it is different is because of my own spiritual journey. That's where it began. So somewhere along the line, I began to shift from how I grew up to really understanding what it meant for me to be spiritual. So... I first began to, uh, I'd say, go down a separate path, not abandoning, but I would, I like to say, um, my idea just expanded upon how I was brought up. So whereas they, my mom and my dad were very traditional risk averse, I began to have a more trusting idea of God, more open kind of spirituality and looked more toward where I was going over where I came from. So I That's good. consciously sought out where am I going and what are the maybe a better philosophy for myself first. And then as I began to live differently, that's, that's when I decided to teach and model for my children differently. Mm -hmm. And some examples of that would be uh, taking risks. But I would say to them, whereas my mom might say, you know, do it the way it's always been done. I would ask them, well, what do you want? What is the end result? What is the goal? And then work backward from there. And I just had the belief that what God places things inside of you and I heard this somewhere along the line. It's the job of a parent to bring out what's already in. So as parents, we, we really Absolutely. are not. Yes, That's thank so you. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> as parents, we really should not be pushing what we already know because it's a different generation. It's a different experience. 
what we, what I feel I should be doing as a great parent is to say, what's inside of you? What are the dreams that you have? What are the talents that are natural to you? What is your own vision? And helping them to cultivate that. And that alone will help you parent differently because your perspective is completely different. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And I feel like, you know, for me, it was, um, you know, my, my, the people that were over my upbringing were very much controlling. And I think they wanted to protect me and they wanted me to be successful. And I'm doing the air quotes successful. So they felt like, you know, you do this, you do this, you do that. They asked me what I wanted to do. And I remember I told my dad that I wanted to do social work. And he was like, why would you want to do that? Don't do that. Go into the tech, you know, go into the tech companies, you know, do that. And Um, So I think that, you know, I I love that you ask your kids, what do you want to do? And I love that you said that it's, it's the parent's job to bring out what's already on the inside. And that's really trusting, you know, Mm -hmm. for you, God, you know, trusting God with your children and just letting go. And that's like one of the things, like I have such a hard time, like letting go and trusting that everything's going to be okay if I don't have control. (laughs) So, yes. Yeah. And I, and I must say to the audience, it begins with us because it's hard for us to do that with our kids if we haven't done it with ourselves. So when we let our lives blossom and unfold as God would have them, that, and we go through our own trials and tribulations, and it's a lot I think it's a lot easier for us to let go when it comes to our children's lives. I love to tell this story about pot roast. So there was this, um, there was this woman who always cut the ends off the pot loaf before she put it in the pan to roast it. And one day her daughter said, mom, why do you cut the ends off the pot roast? She said, because my mom always cut the ends off the pot roast. And the daughter said, well, can you ask mom, grandma, why she cut the ends off the pot roast? So she called her mom and said, mom, when you cook the pot roast, why you always cut the ends off the pot roast? She said, because my mom always cut the ends off the pot roast. So um, the daughter said, well, we're going to get Nana on a a three-way call because I want to find out why she always cut the ends off the pot roast because my baby girl wants to know why I do this. So now we're talking four generations. So they get Nana on the phone. Nana, Nana this time, she's about 86 years old. She's still doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Why do you always cut the ends off the pot roast before you put in a pan? Because the pan was small and I couldn't fit the whole pot roast in the pan. And all three like, oh, wow. right? Mm-hmm. So there they are three generations later doing something simply because that's the way it was always done. And they said her, the, uh, the next generation said, well, was there anything wrong with the ends of the pot roast? No, nothing wrong with the ends of the pot roast. They just didn't fit in the pan. So she said, if your pan big enough, go ahead and eat the whole pot roast. And this is the thing that it's, it's a funny story, but it has a great message. Let's examine what we're doing and why so that we can make better choices with just the everyday things that we are doing. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense because when I was growing up, uh, uh, my, my mom, they lived on the farm and then most of them didn't have an education mm-hmm. um, past 10th grade, but they knew there was something on the other side, but they couldn't get there. So what they did was they wanted to tell everybody that came after them how to get there. You yeah. know, 
And so how to get there was the only way that they knew how was how someone else told them to get there. So my mom said, all I want you to do is don't have any babies while you're in school because there was a teen pregnancy thing going on in the 80s. I mean, in the 90s era, it was girls were having babies like left and right. And it was, you know, it became a cute thing. And I was like, I don't want that anyway. Don't have any babies and just just give me two years of school. She didn't ask me what I wanted to do. She was just like, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, okay, all right. If this is what I need to do just for you to be happy, then I'll do it. But then can I have the rest of my life to do what I need to do? (laughs) You know, but by that, I think that's such a precious time between your 15 year old self up until about your 25-year-old, your 26-year-old self. My, my question is, is I ask a lot of parents that I um, do consultations with for homeschool, I ask them, who is education really about? Is it about your children or is it about you? That's, right? that's, that's such a great question because if we, if we think about it, we are going to repeat, like you said, what we've always done, unless we stop to say, wait a minute, if this is really about my child, then what's best for the child? And we, there has to be also this thing where I just call um, appropriate distance. So I was raised a certain way, but that's for me. Look at my children and you know, I don't raise my children the same way. I have three children and they all raise differently. They all get different punishments Mm -hmm. because one, if you tell her I'm going to take your phone, one of them doesn't care about the phone, but the other, oh, she's going to do everything to make sure she has the phone. So you raise them according to who they are. And if we just learn to make that little bit of a switch, it will can make all the difference in the world, educating them toward what they need. That's so true because I, I have learned as a parent that my kids are totally different. And I, well, I know that my, my people, um, you know, and I can't say my mom and dad, cause they were, they had a lot of help. They had a, a village around them of aunts <laughs> and my grandma. Um, it was really like, you know, everything is the same. So the way we were disciplined was the same. Um, I think as we got older, my dad started having a lot of conversations, which I think was very eye-opening and very helpful for me. Um, But as a mom, it's so true. My son, who's the oldest, he is like the fall in line guy. And you tell him something and he's like, okay, all right. And I mean, you know, he's a kid, so he doesn't always uh, follow the instructions the first, second, third time given, but he's more likely to follow the instructions once you explain it to him. Whereas my daughter, if she, you know, we tell her something, she's like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. I mean, for a while, telling her you can't wear a dress to school worked, and then it was like, I don't care. You know, <laughs> I can't wear a dress to school. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. What you got? Um, so we had to really figure out, okay, how do we, how do we instruct her? Because right. what we do for our son does not work. Um, she's such a free spirit and she's like, I don't care. That stuff doesn't matter to me. And, you know, like she really loves being with people and spending time with people. And I don't want to take that from her because I feel like that would be emptying out her bucket and I don't want to empty out her bucket but I do want to I want her to know like you know I'm your mom and your dad is your dad and 
it's our job to discipline you and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And your job as a child is to follow the instructions that we give you. So it's a fine line. <laughs> That's a good point, Patricia. And I think more, more of us as parents can benefit from that. They are individuals. Your children really are individuals. They have a completely different mold. Yes, they come from us, but they are their own people. And to take time to get to know them and treat them as individuals, you'll have more success as a, as a parent. What's gonna work for one does not necessarily work for the other. And they're gonna have different needs. I have one kid, uh, well, two out of the three are very um, touchy-feely. They love the hugs, they love the kisses, and they respond very well to that and have since they were little. The other one, she's mental. It's like, you can hug me, kiss me all day long, but until you stimulate my mind, I'm not opening up to you. So very, very interesting. So get to know your kids and treat them as individuals. And that's how you need to deal with them because they're all going to respond to different stimuli. And as good parents, that's what we need to do in order to really effectively parent and parent well. Yes. Get to know your kids. That's, uh, that is so good. That is so good. So yeah. Um, and it seems like it's, you know, such a duh thing, but <laughs> for lack of a better, of a better term, duh, but it's not, you know, it's not like right there. And I know for me, whenever people like after I had my daughter a month later, are you guys going to have more kids? And I, I would always say, I need to get to know the ones that I have before I add more kids to the mix. So smart answer. Yeah. I want to go back a moment. Um, when you talked about your upbringing with education and um, kind of your molding into who you, you know, you were becoming, because we're still, you know, yes. like Michelle Obama said, you're still becoming, you know, somebody. Um, did you look for support or have support of the people around you? Did you go to them and say, this is what I'm doing? Or was it like, you know what? I know they ain't going to listen or I don't know how you felt. I'm just giving an example, but how did you, you know, raise your kids? Because that's a, that's a long, it's a long, but short journey. You know, yeah, Latanya, there is so much in that question. That's a good <laughs> question. So, um, I did not have the support and I did not have the like mindedness in my family. I will tell you that right off the bat. So, I took a risk when I stepped out and began to parent differently. Not only did I not have the similar mindset in my family, it was not there. I did not have the similar mindset in my friends either. I'll give you an example. This was a painful example. I only made this mistake one time. When my daughter was, let's say eight, nine, 10, she had a little bit of a rebellious stage and it wasn't anything major, but um, it was just things like I would tell her to clean her room and she didn't want to clean her room more. I would tell her um, uh, just, just little basic things no, you can't have a piece of cake and she might sneak and get a piece of cake. Just typical things that kids do, right? So I'm trying to break this habit. So I talked to a girlfriend of mine that for the most part, you know, would give pretty decent advice. And she said, you need to just go off on her. You, your problem is you're too nice. You always want to talk to your daughter. You always want to have conversations. You need to just go off on her one time, curse it out, and that's going to be it. 
So because I wasn't having any success, I took her advice. And the next time she did something, and it was a small thing. It was, let's say she didn't pick up her shoes and she didn't pick up her shoes. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go off on her. Okay. So I called her downstairs and I yelled at her and I said a curse word. My daughter, eyes went so wide. She could not believe her mommy cursed at her. She looked like she was about ready to cry. And she just like, oh my God. And the look on her face, I knew instantly that was not the right thing for my child. She just went upstairs, she shut the door, and I could tell she was more disappointed in me than I was in her. So I had to go upstairs and apologize to her and tell her, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I never, ever do that. Now, background, I don't curse. I don't use profanity. So that was the only time she heard me use profanity. And she could not believe... (laughs) let alone the fact that her shoes were there, she couldn't believe that her mommy cursed at her. So that told me I cannot listen to outsiders when it comes to my kids. I know them and I know our relationship and I decided to follow that. That was a good thing. You just confirmed something. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you used that. That was for me. Like, you know how you in church and you like... (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. I was almost about you know shoulder over there. Um, my da- my daughter is about to be twelve and she'll hate because she can hear me if you know when I'm talking, but she'll be all right. So um, my daughter is twelve and I asked you know I've given her a little bit more responsibility to wash the dishes, mm-hmm. so I gave her a choice to wash the dishes. See, I didn't have a choice growing up. It was you wash the dishes before you go to bed. It needs to be cleaned or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm also of the mindset that that motivation has to come from within. It can't, doesn't need to be out here because right. out here change. That's correct. It will always be the same, yeah. you know, here. Right. So she was like, I, you know, she said, well, this has been a whole week. And I'm like, you gotta, and she's like, well, I said I would do it, but I didn't say what time. So in my head, I'm like, who are you? You know, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna let you do it in your own time. Mm-hmm. So it didn't happen in her own time. Lesson, your integrity. You need to do what you say you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So because you didn't didn't do it, now you have to do it when I say do it. And I'm talking to her just like this, mm-hmm. but my first instinct was my mom is like, oh, you just slap her across the room, you know? And I'm like, yeah. so what is that gonna do with? to our relationship because one that's a little bit more important to me than these dishes right right you You know dishes break and you can replace dishes it's very hard to to fix a relationship that is broken yeah and you know um, i'm so glad we can have this discussion and i really trust that your listeners are getting something from this just like Mm -hmm. we we all are the three of us because our parents and our grandparents, they had so many don'ts in their life, right? You can't talk to white people. You can't do this. You mm. can't live here. You yes, better not be exactly. caught here. You better not. So they lived off of a premises of what you can't do. And we've got to be careful. We can cut that now. Now our kids, they're, they're taught, you know, it's okay to speak up. Question authority. Don't be disrespectful, which is what I always say. Don't be disrespectful, but it's okay to ask a question. So they're being brought up with, we can do it. Anything you 
uh, perceive in my mind, you can achieve in your life. So we have to adjust now to these healthier attitudes and, and be able to say goodbye to some of those old ways which are based on fear, aggression, mm -hmm. and you better not. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah and, and that hasn't led us anywhere anyway. No. We're right. kind of like on a hamster wheel. At some point, the hamster has to know there's some other place to go, but he doesn't. Yeah, even if you take the wheel, they don't leave their They're still looking for it. their little space. Yeah. I think like for me, I mean that was that was a lot of my upbringing like don't do this, don't do that. But at the same time it's like you have to be better at this. You have to do you have to work harder and this and that. So there were those messages and for me, I think that being raised with that fear really push down who I was because I remember who I was when I was four and five years old and I feel like I was such a confident little girl and at some point that confidence went away and I had to really work when I got talking about in college to gain more confidence in who I was and even now I still have to work on that confidence and I, I don't want that for my kids I want them to have an advantage early on in life and I want them to know that you can do anything and yeah. you don't have to act a certain way just because your skin is different and the world might tell you this or that, because I feel like that's what I got. And so there were so many um, negative um, messages and by negative, it's like, don't do this, don't do that. You know, um, you can't do that. Whereas for my kids, I, I just want to tell them, you know, and even with school, like I think Latanya had said that she, she didn't have a choice. They were like, you're going to go to school. And mine were too. They always said, school is not an option. You're going. Yeah. Where are you going to go? That's the question. It's not whether or not you're going to college. The question is, where are you going to go to college? And for my children, I have, because I've always said education is super important and it is. And nowadays education can be, it can look so different to so, you know, it, it can look different. Um, it's not just going to university. I think there's a place for that, but I really had to, to examine that for myself and think, okay, so my son said he wanted to be a paleontologist. Well, if you want to be a paleontologist, you've got to go to a university for that. But if you want to own your own business, you don't necessarily have to go to college to do that unless you want to go. Because yeah. I know people that are far more successful with starting their own business and they didn't go to university at all. So just really re-examining the things that I learned as a kid um, in sharing that with my children and trying to be very positive in the message that I give them. And, you know, I think being realistic because the world is a crazy place. So I try to be realistic with them about that, but also just trying to stay positive and let them know you can do anything, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that is super, super important. And I echo that as well to my kids. Um, as I became a parent, I started reading a lot of books, uh, psychological, spiritual, psychological type of books, because I wanted to do things differently, just like both of you ladies. And the books honed in on certain messages. I would hear them over and over again. One of them is what you think about, you bring about, you know, where your, um, where your mind goes, where your mind goes, energy flows. So in other words, anything you're thinking about, you're, you're automatically, subconsciously, 
and everything else going to go in that direction. So I knew based on the readings that I had done not to beat the drum of anything negative to my kids. So I did not beat the drum of you can't. I did not beat the drum of racism. I did not beat the drum of absolutely anything negative uh, to them. And I was doing it on purpose because simply by taking that out of the equation, it's much easier to say the world is your oyster. What do you want? What do you mm -hmm. want to create? Whatever you, okay, you have that dream, it's possible. Anything that the human mind can believe, you really can't achieve. And we would talk about Henry Ford. We would talk about other inventors, how they literally brought something into being, into the physical, just based off of an idea. Right. So um, I was telling you ladies pre-show how I did not talk about racism to my children. I did not tell them things about what to do when you get stopped by the police officer. I did not give them any grim statistics. You know, we talked about Martin Luther King, but it was, it was minimal. And other parents may have issue with that. Well, what about the history? I didn't say I didn't tell them, but we never beat that drum. And as a consequence, you know, uh, my son, black male, he's at Harvard University. And during his internship, he got an internship with a very prestigious bank right across the street from the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue. And his first or second day, one of his white colleagues, another intern, a young lady, uh, they were talking, it was three of them. And she asked, you know, the, how the conversation go, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? What school do you go to? What school do you go to? I go here, where do you go? So they asked my son, um, where do you go to college? And he said, I go to Harvard. And she said, oh, you play basketball? Mm -hmm. And my son said, uh, no. And she said, oh, well, what do you do there? She, he said, I'm attending Harvard. I'm an electrical engineering major at Harvard. Okay, so he didn't think anything of it because we hadn't had these discussions. So when he came home and relayed that message, I let him know did you know she was being racist? He didn't even get it. But I took that point because it now it's his experience, okay? Now it's his experience. Now is an appropriate time to let him know. She asked you if you were playing basketball because of her racist belief that we're not there as intellectuals, we're there as athletes. So you now get the opportunity to go and correct her and let her know that's just because, and the way you say it, would you ask that of Mark, who's a white intern? Would you ask him that question? Why or why not? You know, don't assume that because my skin is dark, I'm there for athletic reasons. And I said, you, you educate her on racism. So what does my son know? He now knows that he gets to educate on racism and not the other way around. It puts him in the power seat. So we can steer these conversations to give them a certain psychological bent on life. And we don't have to talk to them like we are the underdog. We don't have to do that anymore. We can literally talk to them and let them know you are empowered. If you're in a seat, know that you deserve to be there. That's great. Uh, so many things, so many things came to my mind when you were talking. Experience is the best teacher. I yes. always tell my yeah. kids that. And I am into where your focus goes, your energy flows into that for, I am into that always. There are a couple of things that I say when I get in my car, I call them my affirmations. Yes, ma'am. I and, love it. 
And one of them is I'm invisible to accident. So whatever happens, it is not because, you know, I was supposed to have already been there. It was there to protect me. Mm. The second thing I say is I'm invisible to moving violations. So <laughs> I need to adopt that one. <laughs> so I used to say I was invisible to police and I'm invisible to mean people, impatient people. These are all the things that I say when I'm in the car with my kids. So now I hear them saying it and they got to see that work twice for me. And I'm just saying this because this is the power, like you said, one, the power of showing them they're yeah. having an experience through you. That's mm -hmm. why, that's why I said, who is education about? Yeah. You know? So I said, before we got in the car, I'm invisible to police. I don't say the police anymore because my daughter said, well, what if we're in trouble? You already said we're invisible to police, <laughs> right? So kids think about this. So I they said, do. I'm invisible to moving violations. Well, I was in a place and I was speeding and I didn't know where I was, hmm. right? I just didn't pay attention and woo. So my kids are looking at me like, all right, mama, you said we were invisible. invisible. Right? I said, we are. And I'm in my <laughs> mind saying, I'm invisible. I know I am. You know, I better be invisible. So she comes to the car, the lady, and she's like, hi. And I'm like, hi. She was like, you know, you was blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I've never been over here before, but that's not an excuse. I should have been following the rules. Accountability. Mm -hmm. you know, three people are listening to me. Good example. She, that's great. Mm -hmm. okay. She was like, that's, she was like, yeah, just be careful next time. I'm going to give you a warning. You drive safe. Have a good one. I was Damn. like, bye. Invisibility. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you guys can't see me, but, but also I showed them how do you act, your courtesy. I'm all, kids look so, and they do mimic. They yes, do they do. Yeah. And that is worth you saying 2,000 times, don't speak, right? You can say it till you're blue in the face, but when they experience it, that's it. That's all they need is one, maybe two good experiences, and they've yep. got it inside of them. Yeah, that's how we become expert parents mm -hmm. because we model it. Yeah, you yeah. have to, and you have to teach them. Just like you said, what do you want to experience when I when they get up in the daytime? I said, what do you want to experience today? How is your day going to work for you? Mm. What are you doing? So, you know, okay. so I always say how I'm going to talk, how, what my day is going to be. And I, it comes to me just like I say it. Mm -hmm. And if I repeat it, repetition is what goes in. And so as a parent, but do you see your choices, the choices that you see that fruit on that tree? Because I'm a firm believer that that verse in the Bible that says train them in the way that they should go so they don't depart from it. That's not just spiritual stuff. That's right. the that's the character stuff. That's the integrity. Like I think that's that thing that they will carry with them that, that they can't get away from because that's you have so repeated bad. it in their lives. So how do you see your choices manifest in your life? Mm, I see it so clearly. Um, you know, um, one good example that I, I see very clearly is where my parents would tell me, don't, don't do this, don't do this, don't. Um, and that's okay. And again, that's where they came from. So I understand it now as an adult looking back, but when you, when you govern yourself by don'ts, it's still like a, a limiting belief. That's the word. Those are the words. It limits your belief as opposed to 
when I speak to my kids, I'll say, you can do that. You can do that and you can do that. So that's an opening belief. And the mindset is very different. One shrinks back, oh, I gotta remember not to do this, not to do this, not to do this. The other one is very uh, opening. So that's a choice you make. You know, your words, everything that comes out of your mouth um, makes a difference. It, it sets your mind. It's literally the words coming out of your mind. And then you hear yourself speak it and, and then there is that loop. So that's, that's one thing. We want them to be open and know that everything is possible. Also asking them the questions and making them know that they are in charge of their own life. And you hit it so well, Latoya, with your example about what you're invisible to. So by asking them, what do you wanna do? Where do you see yourself? They are driving their own life. That is completely different than you telling them, like uh, the example you shared with us, Patricia, at the beginning, you should be at this, you should go into technology, you should, you don't want to do that for your daddy. When it comes to the end of the day, you love him and you respect him, but you want to make up, wake up knowing that you made a choice for you, because that's what's going to stick. So here's a quick, here's a quick story uh, to help answer that question. The books help me to understand how to incent your kids toward the behavior that you want. So one of the behaviors that I want is straight A's. So when I would tell my kids early on, we started this in elementary school, you're gonna get paid for every A. You know, it started out being a dollar for every A, then as they got older, $5 for every A you bring home, and we would pay them for those A's. So they would start off coming home. Look, mommy, I got these A's. I got four A's, I got five A's. It wasn't long until they were bringing home pretty much straight A's every quarter. So um, when they have a, may have a B, which was rare now at this point, I would say, how do you feel about that B? It's okay, but I wish it was an A. I said, I know you can do it. Do you think you can do it? Yes. Okay, well, let's see if we can turn that B into an A. And if we need to stay after school, if you need to get tutoring, if you want mommy to go over your work with you, whatever you want, but I know you can do it. So I began to purposefully turn that around that till they took the ownership. By high school, all of them were on honor roll, two out of the three principals honor roll, meaning straight A's, and they took it upon themselves. Now they're not bringing their report cards home they're getting A's because they know that they're able to do it. So that's just one example of, like you said, what did I purpose? How were the, my choices differently? That was a choice I made on purpose so that they can begin to take ownership and see what they can do. They have to be the focus and not what I want them to do. So that's a positive way as opposed to saying, um, you know you can do better than that, or you can't do this, or you can't bring me home all these Ds. It's just the vibration of that conversation is completely positive. Well, the one I said is negative, but you know, the way we right. should do it would be, would be in a very positive, encouraging way. Well, I think that it is safe to say that the way you chose to raise your children had a significant impact on them in a very positive and um, very open way. Like you said, the world is their oyster. And I, I love that. So I really appreciate you sharing with us that 
Um, I, I do want to ask you, and I think, you know, you gave us so many gems throughout this. So <laughs> if you could give like three parenting expert tips to our mm. listeners for anybody that wants to raise their children differently from how they were raised, what are three things that you would say, um, try this, try this, try that? Okay. Well, one would be parent from the kid's perspective. And that may sound a little difficult at first, but you have to believe that they are sovereign beings and they came here for a purpose. It's not your purpose. And it's not for us to live through our kids vicariously or anything like that. They mm -hmm. came here to fulfill a purpose. So parent from the perspective of our job is to help them to achieve who they want to be. Leave your own stories out of it. And that's going to be hard for some, but what you didn't do, I mean, you can share as an example, but let them guide their own life. Give advice, but only toward what they want. Mm -hmm. Not, good. no, you shouldn't be that. You should be so this. No, right. Okay. So that would be one. Um, another one would be sort of along the same lines of that is get to know your children individually. They're going to have different motivations. They're going to want to be incented differently. One may care about uh, family a lot more than the other. And don't make the, like in my household, like I said, two are really nurturers. They are the lovey-dovey, huggy-kissy. One is very intellectual. Um, so she doesn't want to be hugged necessarily. She doesn't want to be kissed, but what she loves is a good intellectual conversation. So if I want to get something across to her, I have to break it down. I have to explain it to her. I have to reach her mentally. The others may do it as a favor because they're more social. So get to know your kids and that will help you to relate to them and parent to them better because you'll know what motivates them. And then the third one is probably the hardest one. Kids see what is caught much more than what is taught. They are going to watch you. So you can say what you want to say out of your mouth, but your example is going to mean 100 times more than anything you say, your do's and your don'ts. So actually model for your kids who you want them to be. That is so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that was awesome. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, we got to go back one more time. <laughs> one more thing. One, just one more thing. Can you speak to the mental things that were going on as you were doing the things that you knew was right for your kids? Because mm -hmm. no one was you you everybody wants a little validation like you're doing such a great job you know and um my really good girlfriend she she homeschooled both her boys and both of them are in school with full ride pop scholarship wow and awesome. um come out of school but 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 she went through pure he double hockey stick just to get them there because she knew that she was right mm -hmm. you know so how and I was there for her, how she thought about it. And we, you know, there were days that we cried and I didn't understand because my kids are way behind. I, I'm, like my oldest is 12, her oldest is 23. Okay. So how did you handle it? Like, what was the mental for the moms that don't do it the way that, they, that, yeah. they're, that they're told, oh, you have to do it this way? 
I would, because I did get that too. You know, my sister who, you know, the closest to me, she would often say, you let your kids talk to you that way. Just tell them what to do. You let your kid do that. I wouldn't take that if I were you and blah, blah, blah. So I heard a lot of that, but what was, what allowed me to stay steadfast on a different road was that I too was on that same road. And when I would look back at how mom raised me, I would see the mistakes. And again, not in a blaming way, but I would say, I don't wanna do it the same way. So here's a quick example, if I may. My mom always wanted to play the piano. She loved music. She used to, um, she grew up actually near Howard University. She used to go in some of their art buildings and listen to the pianists. And she, she loved art and music. And uh, she just had an appreciation for that. She always wanted to play the piano. Well, her father never bought her a piano and she never had piano lessons. So my mom gave all four of us music lessons. I took piano lessons from the time I was maybe eight years old all the way through high school. It turned out I was pretty good. My, my music teacher wanted me to go to Juilliard and so forth and so on, but it didn't really do a whole lot for me. So while it did give me an appreciation for music, I didn't do anything with that seven years of music lessons. I did that for my mother. So those are the types of things that let me say, you know what, I'm going to do this differently because I need to do it from their perspective. That way there won't be this wasted energy. There won't be these wasted stories or these wasted lessons where I'm telling them about my experience and it's not even relevant to them. So it really helped, that helped me to stay steadfast. And also the books that I was reading, read books on parenting, read books on whether, it, if it's a spiritual bent or just a psychological bent or um, how to train up a child, read books. And the experts were saying that this is the way to make a child healthy, grounded, secure, self-confident. They have to be in the mix. They have to be in the middle. They can't do it for mommy or for daddy. The experience that I had plus the expertise that I was reading about helped me to stay focused and do it a different way. That is so good. Thank you so much. Um, we have reached the end um, and there's like a couple more things that I want to go over before we are out of here. Um, you know, I feel like I know you better and this has been such a great mm -hmm. conversation that we've had. If I met you in an elevator, Give me 30 seconds of how I can walk away knowing this is who she is. Ah, okay. Well, I am here on the planet with a definite purpose. One of them is to really help everyone to become the best of who they are meant to be. So my goal here is to really help everybody to reach the highest version of themselves. And I try to do that in each and everything that I do, every conversation that I have, even the energy that I give off to be extremely positive, to help you see the world and definitely yourself in a better way, in a better light. That's who I am. 
Well, I definitely feel that. I feel all of that from the conversation that we had. So thank you so much for that. Um, You are, I had mentioned before, you are the author of the Adventures of Sunny series. And also you have a YouTube channel, uh, Stories with Diamond. So tell us uh, quickly about those two ventures of yours, why you did it, and how can people buy your books? And how can people subscribe to your YouTube channel? The why, uh, it totally came a little bit left field for me. I was laid off my job and I had time on my hands. And a friend of mine said, you know, you always said you want to be an author. That was one of those goals that was sort of in the back of my head. But since I had the time, I did. I started writing and I wrote one book and I wrote another book and I wrote another book and I wrote another book. And I realized that I really do enjoy this. And um, like you said in your intro, the job offers just weren't coming. So it sort of just put me on this new path of creativity and I am enjoying that. So The Adventures of Sunny, it's a set of books for children ages zero to eight. It's really meant for parents to have a moment of bonding with their kids. So I imagine a dad or mom sitting their kid on their lap and reading to their children and establishing relationships through that family time and teaching them through example that reading and education is very important. So that's the why behind the series of five books, The Adventures of Sunny. How can people buy it if they want to buy the books? Yeah, so they're, okay, there are two ways and we would definitely appreciate that. One, you can go on Amazon and just type in The Adventures of Sunny and my name Yvette Davis, E-V-E-T-T-E Davis. They will come up and you can get the whole series there on Amazon. The second way is through my website, which is diamondjewel.com. And that's spelled D-Y-M-O-N-D-J-E-W-E-L.com. And you'll see a whole page dedicated to the adventures of Sunny. And I will also say this is a project that was co-authored with my mom, who, as I've shared, was a school teacher. She's retired now. She wrote some of the books. I wrote some of the books and put them in a series so that you now have five books to choose from as you're having your your nightly uh, read-alongs with your child. I love it. I love it. And then your YouTube channel, your your story time with Diamond. How can people (laughs) subscribe to that? You know, that came about just sort of spur of the moment because I love telling these little stories. I probably told two or three just during our interview, but I love stories. They're such a cute little way to remember and message. So story time with Miss Diamond, these cute little 10, 15 minute stories that I read to families because it's not just for kids. And then we talk about the moral message and the life lessons at the end of the story. Those can be found on my YouTube channel. Just simply type in story time with Miss Diamond, D-Y-M-O-N-D. And hopefully you'll have the links to this as well. So they can- Absolutely. Yes, I was gonna say, we will share all that information with our viewers. in the uh, the uh, information for the episode um thank you so much this has been great i, I want to say great. i know thank i don't want to cut you off i know we got <laughs> two minutes but you know what you know well, what missy yes. that i just uh-huh. had to tell you this do you know why those doors were closing for you go ahead and tell me Latanya. i have a feeling you got an answer yeah I, you know i do but um <laughs> because you your path will always run after you uh 
Just know that your path will always run after you. And when you lose sight of it, it's going, it's going, it's going to get you there. Mm. So it's up to you and you took it up and you went the way that you're supposed to go. I'm trusting that. I'm trusting that that is the case. So, um, you know, we're going to see together what happens next. We'll see you again. We'll see yeah, you again. For sure. We'll definitely this see you again. This has been great. Well, yes. thank you so much for being with us on the Black Mom Diaries. And thank you guys for listening to us today. Uh, you know, if you want to connect with us socially, you can join us on Facebook or you can join us on Twitter or Instagram. You can search us at Black Mom Diaries. And if you have any questions, comments, or solutions, concerns, solutions, we like solutions, or, you know, if you have ideas for us, feel free to shoot us an email at blackmomdiaries at gmail.com. If you love the content that you're hearing, feel free to like, subscribe, and share what you hear. You can also leave us feedback because we love feedback. We right? want your reviews. Please yes. put your reviews in there, please. Give us constructive criticism or give us praises. We love it both, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Missy Beth. Thank you, ladies. Being here on the show. Awesome. Yep. And until next time, I am Patricia. And I am Latanya. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Mom Diary. Thanks so much for spending this episode with us. And if you like what you heard, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. And of course, be sure to join us on the next episode of the Black Mom Diaries. <laughs>